Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 18 of the Ball 5 podcast, the Legend of Zelda podcast that's been masquerading as a baseball podcast for the past couple of months. Uh, Chris, I haven't been able to play too, too much other than what we've been talking about, and I know you haven't gotten to too, do it too much, but uh, early on, what are your thoughts? Oh, it's it, it's so funny because my thoughts are literally, this is Breath of the Wild 2, which, I mean, obviously it is, and that literally means like the highest praise you could get. <laughs> this this game is so beautiful um in the very classic i'm playing on the nintendo switch which is objectively you know i mean it literally is a seven year old system um but it's, it's like a it's like a ps3 at this point yeah. calling it a ps3 might actually be even uh, it's under great it's, generous it's, um, overselling it, yes but you know it's beautiful for the switch it's a beautiful zelda game um and it's just, it's just, uh, it's, it's just cool. I don't know. It's just cool. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I will say, so it is more just Breath of the Wild. And I would have been happy if it was literally just that. Like if it was just an expansion played exactly like Breath of the Wild and that was it. But it has added so much in what I've done so far. So far, I've literally just like unlocked the ultra hand and the fuse method. But that is already way cooler than anything i i really got to do in breath of the wild you can basically fuse anything together you can create boats out of like tree branches and and fans and stuff like that i already got myself soft locked at a spot because i did not know how to properly build a bridge and i think that that's where gonna like my main takeaway is going to be is that um this game is going to be perfect if you have if you are very creative as a person because of what you can make uh, with all of the technologies and, and the fusing that they have and stuff like that. I mean, you see people are making like World War II style, you know, bombing planes, essentially, out of out of technology in Breath of the Wild. And that's just like stuff that I will enjoy it. I'm going to love the hell out of this game. I'm not nearly creative enough to take advantage of that. It's just yeah. not something that would ever appear in my mind to do. But I am going to, like I said, thoroughly enjoy playing this game. Already in the fuse mechanic, it's amazing the stuff you can create by just like attaching a boulder to a stick, and then all of a sudden you have a really pop, uh, powerful boulder stick weapon. Um, <laughs> but we haven't gone too much into playing Breath of the Wild this weekend to really go in on it. Um, unfortunately, I guess also the other thing that I haven't really been going on is watching baseball, which is probably bad for uh, the co-host of a baseball podcast. So Chris. I want you to, in the two weeks that we have uh, taken off so far, just to kind of reset, I've been watching a lot of playoff basketball lately, go Celtics. Um, catch me up on what I've missed. You, you've you watched a little, probably a little bit more baseball than I have in the past couple weeks. Yeah, so, I mean, the good news is, is that the New York Metropolitans did not play for probably a month now. They haven't been weird which is weird it's it's weird for a team to not play for a month um but yeah uh it, it's just there i mean um the uh angels uh went on a really good tear and then subsequently sucked um the funny part was that i think two weeks ago the angels were going to be my good before we started the um the uh before we didn't record that episode and now all of a sudden they're back to like fourth in their division, which the AOS is good all of a sudden, you know, um, we'll talk probably more about it today, I think. But uh, the Rangers, Astros, um, they're all Rangers, Astros, Mariners. Uh, everyone's looking pretty good. So 
The AL East is good. AL West is good. Everyone else is kind of eh. Yeah, I will. Um, I will peel back the curtain a little bit, and when we have uh the Streamyard, um, you know, uh, recordings, we can change our names on it. And I have been setting my name up to like Icy Beatty season, and then the Mets record, like the like MLB Twitter's uh people stuff. And I, I have not been on Streamyard since the last time we recorded. So when I hopped in, uh, my name was Icy Beatty season fifteen and twelve. And then I just had like war flashbacks to all the MLB notifications I've gotten in the past two weeks of the Mets. Um, yeah, but it's been weird. We're talking about good things this week, pretty much solely good things this week, which means that the Mets or any of their players most likely won't be mentioned uh, uh, on this podcast. But what we're going to do is we are going to do just like a so far in the season, an all MLB team. And we're going to go through all the positions, you know, catcher through DH. Start one starting pitcher, one reliever, and then just kind of pick out a guy that we're going to shout out as a part of kind of our all MLB team. You may be asking, uh, DJ, May 16th, the day that this is going to come out, is seems like a really arbitrary date to do like an all MLB team uh, podcast. And you'd be right, but we do not have a lot of content planned out, so we're going to do it anyway. The, r- the rationalization I'm rolling with is that it's like a month and a half into the season and we're a little over a month and a half to the All-Star break. So it's kind of like a midpoint for the midpoint of the season. So hopefully that's a good enough rationale. Uh, we're going to roll with it anyway. So Chris, I'm gonna we're going to start off with just the catchers. And since I have introduced everything, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one and have the first pick in our all MLB team uh, ball five honors. Yeah. So this one pains me. All right. But I have to I have to give him his due. Um, it's going to be Sean Murphy. Uh, for some reason, um, Atlanta's able to do Atlanta things and then go out and steal this guy from the athletics um, and then just keep him as I mean, and it's not like he was he was a very good catcher, you know, in Oakland. Um, but seeing him, you know, just kind of really blossom into this kind of mainstay in Atlanta um, is annoying um, because he's only 28 and he's already really good. Um, he has nine homers so far, uh, you know, and he's just getting on base and, and driving runs in. It's it's uh, it's annoying to see as a Mets fan, which means it's really good if you're a Braves fan or if you're just a general good baseball fan. Yeah, I mean, he's been absolutely tremendous. 163 WRC plus, nine home runs. Uh, I believe both of those lead all catchers. 2.1 war, which definitely leads all catchers. I I mean, he's just been absolutely incredible. And I want to give a shout-out. He is not going to be my pick, but I did want to give a shout-out to the catcher that the uh, Braves gave up in this deal, which is William Contreras, who the bat is starting to come along. He's been... Just okay to start uh, now up to a 119 WRC plus, which is pretty good for a catcher. Uh, he's really starting to kind of pick it up, but not quite at the level he was at last season. But the reason why he's been so good is because he has improved incredibly as a defensive catcher. Foolish Baseball made a great video about his framing metrics and how just incredibly they've shot up. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, Fangraphs' defensive value board, he is right up there with Sean Murphy with the 6.2 uh, defensive value there. So I wanted to give a shout out to William Contreras there. Um, I, you know, 
really can't go wrong with that Murphy pick. It's kind of the obvious yeah. one. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, the the big thing for me, and this is something that maybe this is my uh, baseball um, eye test type of things, but it's really, to me, it's really just about hitting the ball hard. Um, and if you look at his uh, hard hit percentage, he's at 44.8% with a 21% barrel rate. So um, that's just good. You know, like that, that's pretty, that's pretty good. And those are numbers that are going to be successful. So, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty high above his rate. Obviously it's only a month into the season. So you're working with a really low end there. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's really good. Um, and like I said, this is something that, um, I would be excited if I was a Braves fan, but I'm about as far away from that as you can. So, yeah. Now, now with my pick, I'm a little torn, um, because the I have two people that I shouted out. Um, I think I'm going to go with the other one because this guy is going to be on all MLB honors way later in the season. And I don't know if this other guy is. So I'm going to give him his flowers. But I just wanted to also quickly shout out Adley Rutschman, who's had an incredible year so far. 458 slugging, 415 on base percentage, carrying the highest walk rate of all catchers at 18.2%. Um, he is not my pick. However, my pick is Jonah Heim of the Texas Rangers. Heim got off to a pretty hot start last year, if I remember correctly. He had a very good April. And once again, is just picking up right where he left off in there. A big reason why, as you mentioned, the, the Rangers are as good as they have been earlier in the season. I'm sure we'll also get to other players on that team. Uh, but carrying a 155 WRC+, plus, once again, playing solid defense. He doesn't walk as much as, as all these other top-tier catchers on the list uh, at an 8.3% walk rate, but he's the the slugging is incredible. The slugging 546 uh, has six home runs so far this season, and yeah, I think he's just been overall a, a very solid guy, switch-hitting catcher, and once again, like I said, he was somebody that had a very solid April last year and then kind of teetered off, so who knows if when we're doing this, when we're catching up and like, august if he'll still be in consideration for this but uh yeah i just kind of wanted to give jonah heim his flowers there so that'll be my pick um we are gonna go on to we're gonna snake draft this so i will get first pick for the first baseman and uh that's gonna be this is probably gonna be a theme for the rest of the podcast uh episode is that the rays have a lot of good players i don't know if you know this uh, and that's led right now by our first pick in the first baseman, Yandy Diaz, who has basically been everything of a Yandy Diaz season that you typically expect, you know, going to be a solid hitter, gets on base a lot, except now he's also carrying 10 home runs and a slugging percentage of 583, um, all told at 185 WRC plus doing a lot, leading all first baseman in war. Um, 1.008 OPS. And once again, like I said, doing all this despite some really poor defensive metrics. Now, I know that defensive metrics, especially for first base, don't really factor into the war equation there. Um, I mean, you you look at all the defensive value stuff on on Fangraph's leaderboards and basically everybody's negative. Um, So it's it's really hard to find. It just means everyone sucks, okay? Yeah, I don't know if it means... I don't think that everybody necessarily sucks, but nope, uh, everyone does compared to the value that other people give at defensive positions. First base just isn't quite there. So it doesn't really factor into the equation, but still just a phenomenal season um, for good old Yandy Diaz there. We mentioned uh, earlier in this podcast life 
of him getting like an eighth place MVP vote um, and laughing at it. But who's laughing now? Yandy Diaz might get top three MVP votes. Yep. <laughs> DJ, he, I, I talked about hard hit percentage with uh, Sean Murphy there. He is at a 58.3 hard hit percentage. Um, yeah, that'll play. So that that definitely plays. Um, I mean, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, his his career high for home runs uh, in an 80 game season or a 79 game season was 14. Um, he's actually had some really odd homer totals. Um, so it was 79 home runs in 29, uh, 79, home 79 runs. home runs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> in 2019, uh, in 79 games, he had 14 homers. Um, and then in 2021 in 130 games, he had 13 homers. Um, and last year in 137, he had nine. So he's already, uh, beat him, beaten his total from last year in a hundred less games. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes for the next of the year. I doubt he's going to hit zero home runs for the rest of the year. <laughs> um, so it's just going to be interesting to see where that number lands. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of just always, like I said, been the book on Yandi is that he is a really quality hitter is going to do a lot of the right things, but he just, for a guy as strong as he is and as strong as he looks, he does not have that history of the power. So if this is the, the year that Yandi Diaz finally finds that power stroke, it could be really dangerous for, for the rest of MLB there. So that's my pick. I wanted to go Yandi Diaz. Yep. All right. So for my pick, I'm actually going to zag maybe a touch. Um, I mean, if we're grading this at the end, I'm going to lose it. Um, so but I, I did want to I did want to kind of um, bring this up a little bit. So when you look at the war um, leaders at first base, and we're talking Fangraphs war, obviously you have Yandi at the top, but then you have names that you're normally used to seeing, you know, your Goldies, your Freemans, your Olsons and stuff. But then Anthony Rizzo is weirdly putting up, you know, third best um, first baseman in the league right now. Um, kind of uh, maybe, I guess you could say, a bright spot on a on a very weird Yankees team this year. Um, but it's just Anthony Rizzo's having a very Anthony Rizzo style year right now. You know, he's, he's kind of just doing all of it across the board. Um, the only thing he's doing that he has not done really in a long time is hit above 300. Um, right now he's at 311. He's normally a career average 266 hitter. Um, yeah, three, <laughs> God damn it, DJ. Um, you know, he's, he's normally a 266 um, career hitter, so uh, we'll see if that average still plays. Um, but, you know, it's just a, a lefty hitter in, in um, Yankee Stadium, um, and he's just playing really, really well right now. So I just wanted to give him kind of that due. Not that Anthony Rizzo needs that due, but he is, you know, getting up there in age, 33 years old. So uh, not many chances left to uh, lead lead the first baseman here so damn you're, you're treating him like a charity case right now yeah <laughs> yeah i'm giving i'm giving anthony rizzo it, it's, it's because he's he's a freaking cub and a yankee you know <laughs> anthony rizzo like literally one of the faces of of the most successful generation of cubs baseball is now being like the um you know little under the radar look at this uh this guy anthony rizzo Look, um, <laughs> it was not expected. Don't do this to me. Don't act like you expected Anthony Rizzo to be a like a top five first baseman this year. Uh, sure. Uh, a couple people I wanted to give some some quick flowers to. Um, I mean, 
Paul Goldschmidt is like the most could sleep his way to a 900 plus OPS. So very easy to kind of go under the radar there from the former MVP. Um, but yeah, he's just having another goldie year. I wanted to give some shouts out to Lamonte Wade and Ryan Noda, two guys that really kind of popped out on that first baseman list. Lamonte Wade with 170 WRC+. plus. Uh, he's getting on base a ton. He's the only first baseman that popped out to me, and this is kind of why I wanted to shout him out. Only first baseman I see here kind of like in the top tier uh, of first baseman. Um, you know, at least the top 10 that is walking more than he's striking out. Uh, 19.1% walk rate to a 17.7% K rate. Uh, and then the other guy I wanted to shout out here is Ryan Noda, who's doing it despite having by far the lowest slugging percentage at 418 of the of the top 10 there. Um, he's kind of like Lamonte Wade in that he's walking a ton, but he's not like Lamonte Wade in that he's striking out 32% of the time. Uh, so I guess still kind of a bit of a bright spot there in Oakland. Um, he, he's been pretty solid this season, and Lamonte Wade just kind of really jumped off the page there. I know he was really good in 2021. Not as good in 2022, but maybe another resurgent year from him. Uh, Chris, I think, yeah, I, I'm already forgetting how snake traps work. You have the first pick uh, in the second baseman. Oh, DJ, one of our other favorite fan, uh, podcasts is All Fantasy Everything. And we only have Literally two people. All they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so, uh, so to uh, go away from my real big zag there, um, I'm just going to zig now right back into um, just picking the top name off the board because he's the best second baseman. And another reason... Um, other than Jonah Heim here, why Texas is playing as well as good baseball as they are. Um, I'm going to go with Marcus Simeon. Um, so he's, you know, running again. Um, not that, sorry, he hasn't really ever stopped running. And actually last year in Texas was his uh, most stolen bases there. But, you know, he's back to running, I guess. I don't know. Running more? Sure. Whatever. He's he's running. Okay. He's stealing bases. He's stealing bases. He's hitting home runs right now. He has seven home runs, seven stolen bases. Um, WRC, like you're saying, uh, over here with 137. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just another kind of, um, starting off really well for Marcus, um, which is nice because, you know, I even feel like, uh, last year kind of, um, kind of got off to a real slow start and then ended up picking it up. But right last year was the year that he just was god awful for a little bit yeah that was his that was his first year uh signed the big deal in texas after yeah. having that kind of historic season at second base there in toronto but uh yeah he he was one of those guys that like quietly and, and once again kind of this year is quietly being the best second baseman in baseball and then last year once again was also quietly being growing into one of the best second baseman in baseball after a slow start um but yeah that that's who i would like i had my trendy pick that is just a guy that I love, but my my real pick was going to be like, all right, it, but it is also Marcus Semien, who's, who's once again, like I said, uh, like you said, doing it with the bat and the glove, uh, you know, just just having a pretty, a pretty, I guess, prototypical Marcus Semien season. No stat really kind of jumps off the page at you, I guess, other than the season he had literally the most home runs as a second baseman, but most great Marcus Semien seasons is he's never really jumping off the page, but you look and he's just a very, very quality uh, second baseman. My pick is going to be Luis Arise. Mentioned him before on this podcast. Has slowed down just a tad uh, since his incredibly hot start, but still slashing 379, 435, 470. Um, I, I'm sure I 
should have checked this beforehand, but I'm sure that that is still leading the majors in batting average. Um, you know, just a hit machine and a surprising 470 slugging percentage, despite being mostly his singles. I believe he had seven doubles, one triple, one home run. Um, it, yeah, I mean, well, I guess ISO isolated power of just 0. 0.091. So, you know, still not really a power guy, obviously, but just one of my favorite pure hitters in baseball, really, really carrying that Marlins lineup right now. Uh, you know, anytime you can get a just a true throwback guy that's going to hit that well, I, I'm a big fan of it. I'm all for it. So my pick is going to be Luis Arise. Yep. Acuna is uh, next in average at 342. Um, yeah, no, Arise, he's, he's just so fun to watch hit. It, it's just, it's honestly a marvel to watch him hit. Um, his one home run this year, though, was his cycle so that's pretty yeah cool. <laughs> yeah that that was and that's i guess also his one triple <laughs> in the in the yeah. game he hit the cycle for um really all of his extra base hits were <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so i think that's that does it for the second base one we're gonna move on to shortstop where i uh once again have the first pick here actually no wait um we'll go by order of the diamond as you score it. So we'll go to third base um, just because I wanted to shout out that Matt Chapman is the war leader for third baseman is only 53rd percentile in outs above average, which just blew my mind that that is how good he's hitting that a guy like Matt, Matt like, like Matt Chapman with his pedigree and his history as a defender is being able to put up kind of just mid numbers at third base and still being able to be, that good and that high up in the war leaderboards and it's i mean it's evident how he's doing it he has 17 doubles so far this season which leads all of the majors i believe yeah five homers still striking out a decent amount but also keeping that walk rate at a at a pretty decent level 553 slugging percentage 410 on base percentage just it truly like i said when you think of matt chapman you think of a great glove that's like fine offensively is going to be like a 120 ish you know, WRC plus OPS plus type hitter, but is going to really bring it up with the fielding. But in this, it's almost kind of the opposite where he's just been fine with the fine with the glove. You know, he's going to get off on his pet. He's going to get by on his pedigree, but it's just a solid fielder. And then just is carrying a 168 WRC plus really. I, I don't want to say leading the Toronto Blue Jays lineup because that lineup has a lot of big boppers and a lot of really great bats, but really supplementing that lineup in a way that he maybe hasn't in in, in like last year. Yeah. Um. So one second, this thing really fucked with me for a second. Um, I hate how the uh, sorry, the un- small annoyance. Um, if you do these standings, but you accidentally click on um, playoff uh playoff odds for fancrafts, it gives you a very weird, um, very weird standings. But um, so. I was torn. There are two names that I really want to bring up. I'm going to bring the name of the team that is doing a little bit better, but not all that much better. Um, uh, I do. So my runner up here um, is J.D. Davis, just because just to kind of add insult to injury. um, He is the third uh, third baseman off the board, um, and he actually has randomly a defensive um, war of three point one here. So. That's kind of um. That's kind of insane. <laughs> Chris, him. I'm gonna blow your mind because I looked into this, 
uh, Mike Petriello, and I'll tag this as well as the, the Foolish Baseball video, did a did a great thread on J.D. Davis's defense. But 99th percentile outs above average for J.D. Davis. I mean, he's got a good arm, so maybe he's finally corralled that in. I but just... the, the arm is like kind of a, like StatCast measures that as well. The arm strength as like a separate thing to to outs above average. And he has never been that good at defensive despite having a great arm this whole time. So yeah. only 75th percentile in arm strength, but 99th in in outs above average. Oh, basically kind of the flip uh, of Matt Chapman there, which is why I wanted to bring him up. But uh, I'll let you continue. Ah, uh, that is insane to me. Um, no, so now now I almost just want to talk about JD Davis. Um, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the home run leader in in uh, in third base and um, other than nope yeah Patrick Wisdom. Um, sorry, I just got like I saw a few other numbers on there and I'm like oh shoot. Um, it, but it's no, him Patrick and Max Muncy. They're they're both tied. Yeah. Yeah, so so Patrick Wisdom, um, Cubs kind of. Uh, I I didn't think. I think I was the one. I think DJ, you were a little higher on the Cubs. Um, I was not high on the Cubs at all. Um, and especially you know, um, Patrick Wisdom after kind of doing really 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 well, um, in twenty twenty one really fell off last year. Um, and now he's seeming to pick it up. He's finding that you know that homer stroke, and then coupling it with a little bit better of an average so yeah last year he hit um uh 207 slash line of 207 298 and 426 and this year he's brought it back up to 248 348 607 so um you know uh 155 wrc plus i'm just saying numbers right now um but he's he's just doing really well and again it's it's uh it's hitting the ball hard he's um up to a 58 percent hard hit percentage so um, I'm going to go back to those types of numbers a lot because, again, that's really what I, I look at. I look at just how hard are you hitting the ball. And Patrick Wisdom is doing all that his uh, – I'm, I'm really just uh, raking on the um, older players here, but on his 31-year-old body here. So, I, I You're a little too close to these players in age to be ragging on them for, for how old I they are. I am I will very say that. close to that, so <laughs> – but yeah, I was I was also looking into him as well. I mean, once again, like I said, these all MLB teams just kind of go off of like who's the top three in WAR. Let's pick from those guys, which is obvious that that is how it should work, pretty much. Um, but yeah, he he is kind of back to that twenty twenty one level of just a just a pure slugger. Six oh seven slugging percentage is pretty insane. Um, so yeah, that was a good pick. Like I said, I I was going to go if I didn't get Matt Chapman, I was going to go JD Davis just because of that fielding. But uh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. You, will I mean, the ne- fielding number jumped off, jumped off the page to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you will, uh, Chris, now be leading off for the shortstop position. Yep. So you just gave me an ability to talk about Wander Franco for a little bit. Um. So again, as we were talking about, you know, you're gonna see. Um, some of the names of the really team, the teams that are, you know, really being successful right now. So we've seen a few, um, we've seen a few Rangers already, and now we're seeing a few, um, a few Rays. So, uh, Wander Franco is just, he's been the best, um, the best offensive player in the MLB right now. Um, I, and it's just, he's doing it again. You know, it's, it's hitting the ball hard. 
he's running you know he has 12 stolen bases um he's got a uh just kind of slash line of 304 358 532 um he's just all over the place and he's really um picking not picking it up sorry he's always been really good but just defensively it's just been nuts too obviously everyone knows the the uh video of him kind of spinning the ball up to himself um beautiful thing i guarantee you if i was running down first base i would be livid (laughs) And and did you see the the quote that they had gotten from Brian Reynolds on that one? And um and they someone had asked him, and then he was just like, "Yeah, I'm not too thrilled about it" or something. I was like, "I, I why think, would he be?" I think yeah, I think he said something like, "I wasn't too impressed by it." And he's like, "Yeah, what do you want him to say?" Like, "Oh yeah, that was really cool that he styled on me." <laughs> but anyways, no, Wander Franco is just um, it, it's really I think we said this before when we talked about the Tampa Bay Rays as are good, but it's really nice to see um him kind of coming into his own and just um kind of uh kind of taking on that persona of just being you know one of the um faces of the MLB for years to come now. Yeah, I mean, he he was going to be my pick, obviously, if I had the first pick in, in this area. But uh, yeah, I mean, the the strikeout numbers are a little higher. I mean, only a couple percentage points higher than his other seasons in MLB. But, w- you know, with that up in K percentage has also came in, you know, uh, improved power numbers. He's already at seven home runs, which was his, uh, you know, tied his, his high in the 70 games in 2021. Uh, and once again, the, the big thing about Wander Franco is that he's, and this was kind of his whole prospect profile getting up, go, uh, you know, going up the ranks is that he's not like, a an 80 grade guy in any one spot, but he's just like sixties across the board. So he's kind of, I, I mean, saying Jack of all trades, master of none is kind of, I guess, talking down on him in a, in a sense, he's better than a Jack of all trades. He's not quite a master of any of them, but this analogy is already way off the rails and bad, so I'm going to get off of it. But, uh, yeah, no. I mean, great season. I, I know what you're saying. He he profiles as a 280, you know, 10 home run guy, um, but he's obviously playing above that, and that's, like, literally exactly what you want with someone who also plays amazing defense at shortstop, you know? so Yeah. Uh, my pick, somebody who does not play very amazing defense at shortstop, he actually uh, just lost his team again with the throwing error, but has just been absolute aces at the plate, is Bo Bichette. Um, he, he's, I would say, a different profile than Wander. He, eh, he's actually kind of similar in profile. At the very least, the slash lines are very, very similar. Um, doesn't walk a ton. Strikes out a little bit, but uh, is able to still carry like a really high batting average. His bat to ball skills are great. Hitting three twenty five in the year, five twenty four, uh, slugging eight home runs. Uh, it, once again, I mentioned that he there's no like real anchor of the Blue Jays lineup because everybody is so good. But once again, like Matt Chapman, if guys like this are having years like they are, it's going to be hard to get that team out moving forward. I think that they're pretty legit, uh, and I'm pretty sure they just took a series from the Braves as of as of recording today so yeah i mean bobachette is is my pick here just a a phenomenal start to the season so far for him uh my pick almost was going to be xander bogarts but he has since cooled off after having a really hot start so 
the AL East is is really killing it with these shortstops. Yeah, all um, three of them. It, and and again, you know, just young, you know, um, uh, like you just we were just talking about Franco being twenty two and Bo being twenty five. Um, that's just really awesome to see. Uh, so love love to kind of see the young kids play and play as well as they are. My producers have gotten in my ear and have told me that Xander Bogarts has since left the AL East. Um, yep. So hey, you're just talking about Jorge Mateo. So. Yeah. Oh, I guess I should say shout outs to Jorge Mateo, my greatest fantasy baseball pickup ever, who is still having a great season. Uh, really, finally living up to some of that prospect profile he had. So, uh, thank you for, for thank you for bringing that up. Shouts out Jorge Mateo. Um, all right. I now you made the first pick and shortstop. Once again, I'm terrible at this. Uh, moving on to the outfield, we have left field, and once again, it's just a Rays podcast at this point of the episode because my pick is Randy Rosarena, um, slashing three sixteen four twelve five eighty two. I mean, it, he's he was incredible in the WBC, one of really the stars of it, and that has just carried over into into this season. I mean, he's always been a very good player over the course of the season, but he just seems to shine in these big games, and he's really kind of bringing that big game energy to, uh, you know, the regular season right now, and it's showing. Ten home runs already. Um, it, like I said, I, I've always been a pretty big fan of Randy, obviously ever since his playoffs in 2020, but this has just been another phenomenal start to the year for him. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's just been another one, and again, like you said, it, th- this type of podcast is is really hard because you're really just choosing, you know, the players that have been playing well. So these are the players that are going to be playing for the teams that are doing well. Um, actually, except for my next pick. Um, but uh, but talking about the team uh, players that are playing for the teams that are doing really well. Um, and also talking about the players that you've seen a lot of because they're really good. You know, it's it's hard to hide when you're a war leader and stuff like that. So um, it's just Randy's great. And it's just so cool to see him play with that exuberance. Um, and then again, playing for a team that you know is is one of the better teams in the league. So. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I was looking at these leaderboards, and I am surprised because of a slow start that Juan Soto has already been able to pick it up as well as he has, uh, you know, already back up to to fourth in WAR, and maybe maybe we'll talk about him by the time we get to the All Star break because he's already picked it up. But uh, yeah, he he really needed that Mexico City series and seeing that bobblehead uh to pick himself up uh yep. chris what is your pick for left field uh i'm gonna go with brent ruka uh so um brent rooker um just playing really good uh shining spot for this terrible oakland athletics team um i was a little surprised uh and and maybe this is this is just again it's the michael trout situation here um, he is uh, a little bit older of a uh, prospect, I guess you could say. He's 28 years old there, um, but he's he's kind of bringing back that uh, vaunted and loved um, three true outcome baseball. So he he strikes out at 23% uh, clip. Um, he's walking at a 14% clip though, um, but he also has 11 homers on the year. So uh, he's he's kind of putting it all. To, um, he's kind of putting again that kind of three true outcome type player. Um, but he's also hitting pretty well. He's got a 316, 424, 667 there, um, a 200 um, WRC plus. Uh, so, 
you know, Brent Rooker, he's just playing a really good baseball right now. And it's kind of someone that kind of just came, pun intended, out of left field. So, Chris, I'm going to well actually you here because I was going to pick Brent Rooker on left field, but I did a little bit of research and he's actually played more games at DH. Uh, yeah, I was field. figuring so when when I saw this, I was figuring that that was going to be something that was going to happen here um, because I was just looking at the stuff. But I'm still going with it. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'll give it to you, even though I was going to pick him as the H. So I guess I'll have to look somewhere else. But regardless, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. He's kind of been the, you know, the, the post hype prospect guy that kind of flared out. He was in kansas city system for a little bit and then you know we we've talked way more about the a's than we really should at this point but it's kind of the beauty of a bad team where you kind of just have one guy that finally figures something out and then he is the star for lack of a better term of that team so i i appreciate the fact that brent rooker is getting this kind of run um and yeah i mean he's he's really showing it off 200 wrc plus as he mentioned literally two times better than the average player so that he's just been having an incredible season um chris you are now the the first pick for center field oh my bad i was i was uh i was looking into the games played thing because i felt bad that i took him (laughs) it's i mean i i'm going to give it to you because he's played 14 games at left and yeah, it's 16 not like at he's DH. Not playing, so it's he's not, not playing yeah. nothing out there. Um, all right. So uh, there, DJ, there is going to be a New York Metropolitan to, to talk about here. Um, has really cooled off the past few past few weeks, I would say. Um, but just kind of sentiment to how well he was playing uh, beforehand. And I am going to talk about Brandon Nimmo. Um, you know, it's just uh, DJ and I um, talk about it quite frequently um just because we are new york metropolitan fans um but it's really 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 nice to kind of have seen the career of brandon nimmo take shape so um someone that was kind of looked at as a hey he might be able to hit but he's never going to be able to play the outfield so we don't really know what you want to do with him and all of a sudden he's turned into a really good outfielder um and and not just a really good outfielder a really good center fielder um you know he's making a lot of plays out there these are things that we again didn't really expect him to be doing and then he's kind of um doing it at the top of the lineup and he you know he walks a good amount um he doesn't strike out a crazy amount you know so he's at a 12 percent walk rate 17 percent k rate um and just you know slashing 315 412 448 so um these are the things that you want out of out of a player especially at a premium position like that in center field which he's playing a good center field right now um right now fangraphs has him at a 1.2 defensive war so um he's he's there he's not he's not he's not negative (laughs) so um it's just a really really like i said it's really cool to see him from a from a person that i care about because I care about him on my favorite team. Um, it's just cool to see him succeed. Yeah, well, once again, kind of really, you know, proving why he got that contract in the offseason. I think there was probably some shock as to when they kind of, when some people kind of saw the numbers that he was going for. But so far, he he's really earned it. I mean, he, in the past couple of years, 
he's leaned more towards I won't say a power effort because he's not a power hitter, but you know, looking less to to walk and looking more to kind of drive the ball. And it, it's it's shown in some of his slugging numbers, slugging four forty eight this year. Um, walk rate is back up a little bit from last year, but yeah, I mean, he is just truly a tremendous center fielder. Uh, one of the best in the league, I would say one of the, I would even say the more underrated outfielders in the league. Um, I'm going to go with another NL outfielder, uh, great member of the Providence bench warmers, my MLB, the show team, uh, James Outman, who has been incredible so far probably I would have to look a little bit deeper into probably the front runner so far for NL rookie of the year uh 1.7 war so far uh, playing solid defense but he's just been great with the power uh strikes out a lot 31.6 percent but has still been pretty solid this year has hit eight home runs slashing 273 368 561 and I was you know kind of looking around because I was looking at the leaders in WRC plus um at the position he's second to Brandon Marsh who is having a pretty similar year to him uh right now uh, not so much in the power department but just striking out a lot and still maintaining a lot of really good productivity but yeah I mean that's my pick the Dodgers have been really really hot of late have looked really really good and he is a big part of that just one of those things that they are so good at in that they can afford to lose these kind of I guess stars is a little relative when you're talking Cody Bellinger in previous years, but you know, lose these bigger names and just be able to kind of plug in guys that are not quite topping out any top 100 prospect lists, but are still able to put up quality stuff at the big leagues and big league level. And I think that this is just the most recent example of it. I really like what I've seen so far out of James Outman. Yeah. I mean, the only other person for a rookie of the year, um, that was kind of coming up against him was Corbin Carroll, and Corbin Carroll has been hurt for a little bit, so um, and he's cooled off just a teensy bit. Um, so yeah, it'll be an interesting, interesting race, and it's nice to see again those young kids at premium positions. So yeah, and we go from the NL Rookie of the Year front runner to who I probably would say is the NL MVP front runner. Uh, my pick, Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, yeah, I, I led this off in my kind of write-up for him is that I think he's the NL MVP right now. Um, I mean, his teammate, Sean Murphy, might give him a little bit of run for his money, but um, he has been truly phenomenal. 168 WRC+, plus, as you mentioned, second in the league in batting average, which is not quite something you get out of Ronald a lot. Um, you know, he's always kind of been high power, high strikeout. Just you, you live with it because he's such a phenomenal athlete out athlete but yeah he's kind of always been around that 250 to 280 range in the batting average but one thing that I've really seen out of him so far this year that I love is that he has pretty much halved his strikeout rate uh has been around 23 percent 23 and a half percent the last couple of years was even at 29 percent in 2020 shortened season so take with that what you will but still around a 23 to 25% strikeout percentage guy and has cut it all the way down to 13 and a half percent. He has just been a man on a mission this year and he has just been looking incredibly locked in. There were some maybe concerns how he looked coming off of his uh, ACL injury last year and it showed he, he wasn't he was good but he wasn't Ronald Acuna Jr. last year and I think this is finally we are getting back to 
what he was in 2021 before he tore his ACL, which is an MVP candidate. And I don't think it is at all outlandish that he keeps this up. And I, I do think that probably he will keep it up and end up being your NL MVP, provided, once again, provided health. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, it, it's not it's not crazy to say that um, Ronald Acuna Jr. is a uh, good baseball player um, and uh, little light on the um, homer so far for this. But I mean, he's always a perennial 40, 40, 40 watcher, you know, um, to I guess see if he stays healthy, he could totally be um, probably the best candidate to do that 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases season. Um, and already again, at 17 so far this year yeah 17 stolen bases like i said he's at seven home runs which is good you know and it's good relative to the field i guess but um that it's still i feel like there's a little bit more to um he'd have to get real hot um in order to do the 40 homers this year but yeah i think the I only guy close easily to him, getting a 30 30 guy <laughs> yeah i think the the only guy close to him talent wise that could do the 40 40 is julio rodriguez and right now, Julio's off, been off to a slow start. As I think kind of starting been picking it up, but still off to a pretty slow start. Ronald, complete opposite, has just been going off lately. So I, I think that yeah. he's as good a shot of any. Yeah. Um. So for my pick, um, I could talk about Mookie Betts, um, but I am going to talk about the person he was traded for, um, in Alex Verdugo. Uh. So Alex Verdugo finally seems like he's kind of piecing together. Um, what Boston wanted him to be, obviously, is really difficult to be um, the centerpiece in a trade for, um, you know, a not perennial all-star, but perennial MVP um, candidate in Mookie. Um, but I think um, Verdugo has kind of, uh, like I said, come into his own a little bit this year. Um, he's actually, like, uh, like walk rate-wise, K rate-wise, he's pretty much... Um, consistent on where he's been in his career so far. He's at a 14% K rate um, and an 8% walk rate. Um, but, you know, he's he's just hitting the ball well. He's at a, um, a slash of 299, 372, um, 47, which are all uh, career highs outside of the um, shortened 2020 season. Um, so we can skip that. Um, but they're all they're all kind of career highs. And if this is what you're going to get out of Verdugo, if you're Verdugo, if you're going to get a um, 300 hitter with about probably 10 to 12 home run power um, and maybe chuck in a few steals here and there, um, I think you're not upset if you're a, uh, a Red Sox fan. Um, obviously, he's not Mookie. Um, but I do believe, um, that he's, uh, he's playing really, really well right now and he's tied in war with Mookie right now. So, yeah, I mean, really who's to say who won the trade? Yeah. I mean, they also got Connor Wong who's been okay so far. Uh, we, we won't mention Jeter Downs who is, who's DFA'd earlier this year, but yeah, that's, that's also who I was going to shout out. I was going to give some flowers to Alex Verdugo who, is looking more like his 2020 self, uh, as you mentioned, that shortened season that he has in the past couple of years, which, I mean, the past couple of years haven't even been bad, but they haven't been centerpiece of the Mookie Betts trade good, um, no. which is more what you were looking at in 2020 as a guy that's like, if he builds off this season, then you could be seeing some a decent level of return, and I think that's now what you're finally seeing. So really excited for him. Boston has looked really, really good lately. 
Um, they were actually going to be my good last week, and they have since been still staying pretty consistent, pretty solid in that very, very competitive AL East, and Alex Verdugo is a huge part of that. Um, so now we go to, to designated hitter. It is your your first pick, so you can go. I'm going to go with uh, Brent Rooker. Um, let me, let me, uh, zoom over there. Um, yeah. You know what? Now nah, I'll, 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 um, well, sorry. I don't even know why, like, this is a, yeah, I'll pivot. Um, I just want to talk about Shohei Otani for a little bit. Um, so, uh, I'll, I'll take Shohei. This is not like the, um, the, uh, crazy Shohei year, but also it, it, it kind of is. Um, and just this guy is an alien. I know not enough can be said about that at this point. Um, he's just doing everything that you want and also being one of the best pitchers in the league um, this year. Uh, slash line of 288, 364, 521, um, WRC plus of 141. Um, he's, you know, it, it again, this is not his like craziest year with the bat um so far but again he's also doing it while pitching really well so i don't know what else i don't think that there's anyone else in this world that can do that so yeah i feel like at this point there's we've run out of numbers to quantify the goodness of shohei otani so it's almost kind of just like not worth it (laughs) even even kind of mentioning just how good he is it's one of those things that you can just say like yeah my pick is shohei otani you could say for we could have done the first baseman part and you could have said Shohei Otani. I would have been like, yeah, sure. He's yeah. been a great at first base this year. Um, I'm sure he can pick it up. <laughs> um, I, I didn't have a backup for this because my pick was going to be Brent Rucker. Um, so screw it. I'm sticking with him. Uh, yeah. Brent Rucker is my pick for DH. The the 16 games that he has played at DH. Um, I, I mean, I guess if you want me to pivot to a different pick, Wait I'll just pick it. <laughs> You you got on my case um for fourteen games at, in left, and he's only played two more at DH. Yeah, I mentioned this earlier. That's more. He he's more of a I, DH I mean, than a left more. fielder. Um, I don't like this. Whatever. I'll I'll just go with um one of my favorite hitters and one of the best hitters on the planet, Jordan Alvarez. I guess he's a good enough consolation prize. Yeah. Um, hasn't been quite. The Jordan that we maybe saw at some spurts last year and in the postseason, but it's still been incredible. Uh, 160 WRC plus. I love that. That is just kind of like, eh, I mean, yeah, he's he's doing pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Jordan. I, I love that guy. Um, now we are going to go to starting pitcher. Um, I was gonna do Garrett Cole here because I loved how he started off the season and I was really digging how he was pitching. Um. But then I also saw that Spencer Strider has uh, 15.24 strikeouts per nine, which, mind you, is only two off from what Edwin Diaz put up last year in one of the most dominant seasons for a closer ever. And he's doing that as a starter. He's only trailing Zach Allen and Nathan Eovaldi in war, despite throwing eight and, a less de- eight and 11 less innings in both, respectively. Um, I mean, he's just been absolutely incredible. And for a rotation that needs it right now, with Max Freed kind of being in and out, uh, dealing with injury, and obviously it was a it was a rotation that was already kind of a little thin, um, just with with injuries and some people having to step up. But yeah, I mean, it, we're we're basically seeing, I don't want to say another Degrom, 
because it's a pretty easy comparison with how they pitch, but I mean, he's he's truly just one of the most dominant pitchers in the world right now and on yeah. an insane heater. Yeah, and this is this is I whenever I think about Strider, I always think about the Foolish Bailey videos and thinking how like how much you want to hate this guy because he plays for a team that you hate, but how much like he actually seems like a really decent dude. Like he like he's like super into the strokes. Um I one of the Foolish Baseball videos is them ranking the strokes discography. Um super into the strokes. Uh just seems like he's a decent dude he's pretty pretty liberal which is pretty big in my book or at least it feels as if he's pretty liberal um, he was a bernie so, voter yeah so so just feels like he's like a a decent dude um but again just plays for the wrong colors you know just plays for the wrong colors so um yeah but he's he's just really good he's another one where you're kind of like circling the the um the uh, schedule and saying well i hope we can kind of dodge him but yeah yeah um so i am gonna bring up on my pitcher um probably someone who's uh who is this high up in war because of their um most recent really good streak of baseball um you did mention their name i'm gonna talk about nathan Eovaldi a little bit um, so the last three games for, for Nathan have just been incredible. Um, now, granted, it's at Oakland, at L, um, Los Angeles, and uh, versus New York there. Um, but he has not given up a run in um, three games. He has a complete game um, in those in uh, that start against New York, which is insane. Um, no one pitches nine innings anymore. Um, he was one out shy of a complete game, um, in against Oakland and he was one inning shy of a complete game in LA. Um, so it's just going out there, you know, shoving innings, not giving up any runs, striking out guys. Um, he did strike out 12 Oakland A's only struck out five, um, Los Angeles and eight New York Yankees. So, um, he's kind of up and down with those strikeout numbers, I guess you could say. Um, if you want to dig at him somewhere there, but, um, no, he just seems like he's, uh, he's pitching really, really well. Um, another reason why Texas is playing as well as they are. Um, and another reason why, um, they can seemingly, um, deal with the, uh, Jacob deGrom injury, um, which I mean, they had to have known was probably going to happen. Um, but, uh, but it's just really, it's really nice to see Evaldi kind of build upon, um, the reputation that he had in Boston and um, seemingly take it to another area and pitch really well. So Yeah, he's been great. And it has been really upheld by the by these last three starts. He did kind of get off to a rocky start uh, at the beginning of the year, but he has been incredible in the last three starts. Um, I will give some flowers to the literal war leader for pitchers, Zach Gallen. Um Yeah, I don't know why. We <laughs> who him, just but... is, is once again, he's... Not like the he he's never been like the leader of any NL Cy Young votings. He kind of ran into it with Sandy last year. Um, but in over the last like calendar year or so, he has been probably the best one of, if not the best pitcher on the planet. He he's been absolutely insane. He'll just go on the routinely these twenty to thirty innings scoreless streaks. Um, so yeah, I mean. I, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Zach Gallen. 
Um, probably should be one of our picks, but I, I don't think that we necessarily steered wrong <laughs> in that direction still. Um, now we are on to our last pick, which is going to be a reliever. Could be a closer, could be a regular reliever. Uh, Chris, you have the leadoff, which is unfortunate because I had a very obvious one. Hmm. You know what, DJ? I'm going to let you take that obvious one. You go for it, mainly because I'm not ready right now. Okay. Uh, I morning. Chris has Minnesota Vikings did not pick a pick in the allotted time, so nope, I get to take I over and lead off the pick for the relievers. And I'm going to pick. I I'm not going to overthink this one. I'm going to pick up the guy who has not allowed a run this year, uh, Yenier Cano of the Baltimore Orioles, who's been absolutely insane. I believe he was acquired. I should have looked this up beforehand, but I believe he was acquired in the Jorge Lopez trade and has just been significantly better than Jorge Lopez was even last year for them. I, I mean, once again, pretty easy to be better when you literally haven't got given up a run. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been next level great. We've seen, um, you know, we've seen in the past couple of years, the Orioles churn out these really, really good relievers. They found it with Felix Bautista. Once again, as we mentioned, we they did it with Jorge Lopez, turning him into a reliever and turning him into this dominant reliever. They've also, you know, just with a lot of guys in the bullpen, they've turned him into really quality arms, and it just looks like Yenier Cano is going to be another one. And the, the big thing, too, is that he also um, has not walked anybody this year. So it's not even like, you know, he's one of those classic relievers that strikes out a lot of guys but doesn't really have the zone a lot of the time. He is remarkably consistent so far. So, I mean, I'm sure it'll run out at some point and he will eventually give up a run. But so far, like I said, I'm just going to go <laughs> with the obvious one and pick the reliever that hasn't given up a run. Um, my pick is Yenier Cano. Yeah, no, it's it's just really cool to kind of see someone. And like you said, um, just see someone uh, um, just not giving up anything and and obviously that's what you want out of a back-end bullpen guy um and you know looking at his baseball savant it's just reds across the chart um and it's it's a three-pitch mix it's a fastball changeup and slider um and his fastball isn't even like insane it, i mean it's a 95 average fastball um mile per hour fastball which obviously yes that's really good um, but it almost feels like everyone in the world averages 95 on their fastball. So, um, it's just, it's cool to watch, uh, watch a guy in with just three pitches go up there and, uh, do what he's doing. So love to see it. Um, so you finally got uh, up here. Yeah. Finally got up, finally got up the, the, uh, leaders in, in, um, in, uh, in, uh, why, why the hell can I not talk war in relief pitching? Um, you know, so what I wanted to do another, um, player that is kind of carrying his team into the start where we didn't really think that they were going to kind of be here. Um, I'm going to go with David Bednar. Um, so again, you know, uh, pirates, uh, still second in the NL central. Um, and Bednar is a pretty big, uh, big reason of that. And same thing, kind of three pitch mix, fastball curve change up. Um, but it's just reds across the board. Um, he has crazy spin on his fastball and, um, and just doesn't, people don't hit the ball hard off of him at all. 
Um, you know, right now he's got an average exit velocity of 83. So where I say I like it when um, when uh, hitters hit the ball hard, I also like it when they uh, pitchers don't give up hard hits. Um, and he kind of he kind of works it there. Um, he also works, I guess, the split is technically, but I think um, I think uh, what's it called? Um, baseball savant just talks about the pitch distribution as it's a fastball. But um, but yeah, no, he's just he's just playing very good baseball continuing to play very good baseball he's done it for the past few years so it's uh it's cool to see yeah i mean he was very very good last year uh 261 era very good in 2021 223 era and like you just said continuing it uh you know it's it's still early in the year and since we mentioned them the pirates have actually kind of struggled um I should have checked this once again, but I'm not sure that they've won since we shouted them out. That can't be true. It's been two weeks. Um, but again, they're still second in their division. So I, this is what we talked about. You know, they they can they could stand to have a bad stretch. You know. Yeah, and they they are getting a lot of really good pitching. Uh, Mitch Keller is deserving of a shout out with a two seven two ERA. Uh, Dari Moretta has been pretty good. Colin Holderman's been pretty solid. I think he had an immaculate inning a, a couple days ago. Um, but yeah, it, I think that's a great pick. And that just about does it for our picks. Um, you know what? I, I'm going to say that since this whole entire podcast episode is one long remember some guys, technically, um, I, I think we're going to skip out on it. But I will go over our teams. So, Chris, your team was Sean Murphy, a catcher. Anthony Rizzo at first base, Marcus Semien at second, Patrick Wisdom at third, Wander Franco at short. In the outfield is Brent Rooker, Brandon Nemo, and Alex Verdugo from left to right. The DH is Shohei Otani. The starting pitcher is Nate Eovaldi, and the reliever is David Bednar. My team at catcher was Jonah Heim, first base Yandy Diaz, uh, second base Luis Arise, third base Matt Chapman, shortstop Bo Bichette, left field Randy Rosarena, Centerfield, James Altman. Rightfield, Ronald Lacuna Jr. D.H. Jordan Alvarez. But I really wanted Brent Rooker. Uh, starting pitcher, Spencer Strider. And reliever, Yenier Cano. Um, we don't really do a lot of sound off in the comments, but when you leave your five-star review and like and share the podcast, let us know whose team you think was better. Uh, yeah. I think, once again, it's, it's pretty obvious by the nature of the exercise that they're two very, very good teams that would... Uh, do very very well in a season but yeah if you give both these teams a, a full 162 assuming that the starting pitcher can pitch all 162 um who who do you think's winning more games let us know i have i have shohei too so i'm good ah, that's cheating shohei in general is cheating though so i guess you're yeah. you're fine there exactly. uh <laughs> chris and any... you know what shohei probably plays better uh defense than brett rooker out in the outfield probably <laughs> probably to be honest <laughs> uh any parting thoughts now just same like you just said you know give us the five star uh follow us on the socials ball five pod there on uh ig and whatnot um if you uh saw the latest post on instagram you can see um uh, a little bit into the mind of a new york mets fan um as said by me uh which was me being absolutely insane and saying that if the Mets won every single uh, series uh, up until the Atlanta Braves series, we would be in, uh, at an insane clip there. 
Um, and then and then when you proceeded to drop two uh, in Washington. Yeah, I was gonna say when you look at that um, text message, remember I want you to have the context that later on that day they lost five to nothing to the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, and then if I take a picture of the text that we had after that, I said fuck this. <laughs> I'm done. Alright, so yeah, I mean if that was all. Uh hope okay. you guys all have a wonderful day. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you tune in next week. Yep, finally. <laughs>